Welcome to Women in Chemicals Women of the Week Live. I'm Claire. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by Jennifer Oates, who is the Business Development Leader for Mission Chemical. Thanks for being here, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Today's event is sponsored by Mission Chemical. Mission Chemical, a specialty chemical distributor, brings an enjoyable experience to work with a consultative approach to the chemical industry and our customers. We have tremendous value with our wholly owned manufacturing assets and internal R&D team, along with our network of 150 manufacturing and trading partners around the world. The combination of strategic and technical resources enables us to quickly deliver customized chemical supply chain solutions to solve our customers' biggest problems. Great. Thanks, Claire and Jennifer. Thanks again so much for being here today. Uh, we're really excited to get to know you a little bit. Uh, and everyone else, thanks for joining us live today. So we're happy to have uh, the audience joining us. Um, Jennifer, I would love to start the conversation uh, allowing for you to introduce yourself to those uh, joining us live and then those listening in to us. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into your current role with Mission Chemical today. Gotcha. Okay. I'm Jennifer Oates and I work for Mission Chemical in business development. I joined Mission Chemical in April of 2022. And prior to this position, I spent five years with another chemical distribution company where I first experienced the chemical industry. Um, in the beginning of 2017, I was a stay-at-home mom with three children. My little one was probably about nine months old at this time, and I was facing a divorce. Um, this kind of led me to needing to rejoin the workforce, and I found a position for an executive assistant to the vice president of sales, and I applied. Um, I had previous experience as an EA, and I was ultimately hired. So can you tell us a little bit about, Jennifer, this experience? So you quickly touched on it, and I'd love to, if you're comfortable, talk a little bit more about um, your experience in reentering the workforce after taking a break to be a stay-at-home mom. Can you tell us a little bit about your learnings, any challenges, any proud moments, successes you experienced throughout that experience? Right. So going back to work after being a stay-at-home mom was certainly a challenge. Um, my little one needed full-time daycare. My other children needed after-school care. And during this time, I actually became the sole provider for my children. Uh, so that's, there's a lot of challenges in and of that, of that itself, just doing it all by yourself. Um, so in addition to balancing the day-to-day -day life with three children, I was learning a whole new industry at the same time. And I think that it's kind of comparable to learning a new language, and I know others can agree with that. It's, uh, it's definitely different. Um, but fortunately, I did work with some amazing people who guided me and poured into me their knowledge, and I found a very strong desire to want to know more and to grow. I was just always asking questions, just trying to find understanding on what products are and how they're used by our customers. Um, I even would spend time after my kids went to bed um, just to do a little bit of research and kind of learn as much as I could to gain more insight. Appreciate all the effort you put into making time for yourself um, after caring for your kids to, to you know, further <laughs> embrace this want, I guess, to learn and the need to learn and continue to do your own research. That's great. Um, can mm -hmm. we talk a little bit more, Jen, about 
kind of some of the roles that you've had. So in our preparation for today's discussion, uh, we learned a little bit about uh, a couple of career moves from sales into the commercial side and now business development leadership uh, is where you sit. So would be interested to kind of learn a little bit more about this journey and these pivots from sales to commercial or any other important pivots in your career. Right. So really it was... um... I was starting out as an executive assistant and I may just move into sales uh, when I was tasked with calling some customers who had gone dormant and to see if we could win the business back. Turns out I loved it and it was so much fun. I was able to communicate effectively with the customers and really enjoyed that. Um, So kind of after that task, I was moved into sales full time um, where I just really saw my desire for growth kind of take off. Um, and I just really enjoyed interacting with the customers and learning more about their businesses and how I could help. Um, so after I chose to join Mission Chemical, I joined as the position of just business development. Um, not a leader, but just business development. I'm still definitely learning um, new stuff every day, and it is a challenge, but I welcome it, and it's, it's really a great experience. Right. I would say, Jen, all all folks can be leaders in their in their roles in their own ways and bring experience that's unique to themselves to their roles. So don't discount yourself and your talent and your experience for sure. But uh, Claire, before I jump into the next question, do you have any other comments to add or questions? I I applaud you because as a working mom myself, uh, but I've been in the industry for so long that I still find it very like overwhelming. So to be able to not only just have multiple children, take it upon yourself to go into a completely unknown industry and then go in with just this open mindset, I think is incredible. And it sounds like you've always been open to take on new challenges with, you know, the prospecting, cold calling or dormant customers is always a unique challenge as well. Um, I guess curious, like I often tell Amelia, like sometimes as a working mom, I feel like I have like an overstuffed like drawer and I just keep like pushing, trying to push more into it and trying to close it. (laughs) So I'm curious, like (laughs) how did you manage, is there any tips for working moms that you find to like keep your cool or just like, you know, work through them and like the mental load um, as you're taking on a new career as a working mom in a new industry. I was just kind of curious about that. I, so I think like my biggest thing that I learned was I don't need to take work home with me per se. So when I'm with my kids, they have to be the focus. And so I'm able to shift gears and be mom and be present for them. And I think that's you know, a large part of like something that nourishes me and my soul, and it just allows me to be a better human being. So having that family time is really critical, whether it's a game night or walk in the park or, you know, just everyone helping to cook dinner. Like it's very important to have family time carved out and be intentional about your off time where it's so easy to be distracted by work and still continue to work into the night um, just because the nature of the industry is allows for that and you can't. Um, but I have made the decision to have these boundaries in place just to protect that beautiful, sweet moment that I can have with my children and allow for that to be the most present thing at the moment. Now, when they go to bed, that's a different story and mama can do some research. So she does. (laughs) 
great though that you know your boundaries and you're pretty firm with them at least it sounds as though you know this is something that is pretty transparent in your working style and your personal style um but i also appreciate your kind of your candor and that you know when the kids go to bed that might be your space to catch up a little and that's okay too um but i appreciate how intentional it is for you to set those boundaries thanks for sharing um yeah Similar to the this topic and kind of leading into another theme we want to touch base on, Jen, uh, as we prepared for today, you mentioned mindset can be a huge contributor to your success. Um, and we've introduced a pretty high level that you face some pretty challenging situations throughout your career, your personal life, uh, and kind of as an aggregate together, uh, where some people might not have been able to persevere and overcome some of these situations. So can we talk about your mindset, your take on that, how you keep your mindset positive and persevere uh, and drive to push forward? Yeah, um, so I I knew very early on uh, growing up, I grew up in poverty. Um, I didn't want to live like that and I didn't want those struggles. So my focus and mindset were to be different and make decisions that would help me to do so. Um, I decided to have a growth mindset, and I knew that that was the only way I would achieve goals because I had work to do. I did see firsthand how having a fixed mindset was pretty detrimental to overcoming hardships, and it just wouldn't get me where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. Um, I did have my oldest daughter when I was 20. And that brought a whole new set of challenges, but also served as one of the biggest motivators to thrive and to do better. It wasn't just about me anymore. So having that growth mindset meant that I was able to take positives and negatives and just go with it and see how, it, how far it took me because I had this beautiful motivator of this other person that I'm now having to care for. And it just made me push even harder just to make sure that she didn't grow up in poverty like I did, and she didn't have to face some of the struggles that I did growing up. Um, no one wishes that, you know, upon their family, but I certainly was trying to do my best to make sure that that didn't happen. That's a tremendous accomplishment, Jen, and thank you for sharing that. Um, something to be very proud of, and I would also say I'm sure your your children are very proud of you and look up to you and that perseverance too. I think that's really great to see and to emulate that to your kids and and model that. I just commend you for it. So thanks for sharing. Um, We talked a little bit about how some of these life instances have definitely impact what motivates you and what drives you at the time and how your upbringing motivated you as well. Um, In your perspective, Jen, do you think that this is something, so mindset, this this power to to motivate and this passion, do you think that that's uh, mainly innate within people or do you think that that can be um, kind of built throughout experiences in your career? Um, If regardless of which, which way it has happened for you, how have you continued to nurture and develop this grit and this perseverance throughout your life? Right. So for me, I think it's a combination of both. Like you're, you're born with this and you also can build upon it. Um, I believe that there's an internal desire to overcome situations and that is largely due to mindset and your own personal narrative. I love the idea of micro joys, um, which is just the honing the ability to find joy in spite of everything else. So it's in these micro joys that kind of help us to persevere and keep going amid chaos. 
And that's really where it's kind of a driving force just to keep going and have a positive outlook is looking for these little moments that bring some sort of happiness to you. And then that just spurs you on to keep pushing further until you're achieving the goals that you need to, or you're overcoming a situation that seemed, you know, very difficult. And it's easy to do when you have that mindset. It's, it's not going to say that it's a challenge, not a challenge because it certainly is. But I think that when you have the right mindset and you lead with positivity, it just becomes a little bit easier to get a grip on things and then kind of deal with what needs to be dealt with. I like this idea behind micro joys that out of curiosity, Jen, do you have any to share any recent ones that come to mind for you? I think this might be silly, but I just, I grabbed my, my daily sparkling water, my micro joy to get me through a long day of back-to-back meetings, little tiny things, but I would be curious to know what yours are. They're, they're very similar. Micro joys could be, you know, that first cup of coffee in the morning and it is just delightful. The children are gone to school and that's like my quiet time and I spend it, you know, doing things that I need to do to prepare myself for the day, whether it's exercising, running, or meditating, um, you know, journaling, things like that. Um, but I do enjoy that first cup of coffee every day, and I look forward to that little micro joy. Um, but it's other things, too. Like, my daughter got 104 on her spelling test. You know what? I'm going to celebrate that. We practice very hard, and that's a micro joy to me. Um, it's a huge thing for her, obviously. Um, so those little things are just able to be celebrated. Also, my oldest cooked dinner last night. That is the, actually, it's a huge joy because I hate cooking and <laughs> for her to do that, it was like, thank you so much. Like it just really was a tremendous help. Yeah. So it's just different things like that. Um, it's also like I had a friend of mine, um, bring me dinner one time and it was just the sweetest gesture and it was so unexpected and it really just made my day turn around in a good positive way, just the thought. And then the fact that I no longer have to worry about this little task right now. That's great. Claire, do you have any little micro joys? I don't know if your little maze can cook you dinner yet, but <laughs> I can't wait for that day. I mean, okay. so yeah, for sure. When, when like the little voice is like, I love you, mommy. It's like, I don't care what happened in the day. Like you might've thrown 12 tantrums, but that's okay. Cause you just said that. So I do love that, that thought, like what a, what a great paradigm shift, right. When you're like always looking for positive items and positive experience as opposed to like dreading like oh god here's what's coming down the day today I've got this meeting that I've been you know like not looking forward to instead it's like okay I'm looking forward to the, the my the cry I'm looking forward to my coffee I'm looking forward to getting outside from my quick walk and so it just yes that's that great tone so I love that thank you for sharing that Jennifer yeah. So on this topic of kind of how your kids are showing up for you and how those make your day as well, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, the dynamic of what happened throughout this divorce and new careers and managing a new full-time care of your children. Um, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What advice do you have for these kinds of life shifts for anyone experiencing uh something like this um, would just love any tips, anything that you're comfortable sharing, Jen. Sure. I'll, I'll give you a little overview of, um, you know, this moment in my life. Um, going through the divorce was one of the most difficult times in my life, hands down. Um, it was discovered that the father of my children and the person I was 
prepared to spend the rest of my life with um, developed a drug habit. And he was unwilling to overcome it. So um, his entire personality and behaviors changed to where it became terrifying. And he was unrecognizable as the person I spent the last eight years with. Um, he did end up going to prison. And I knew I had to restart my life without him. So my focus kind of shifted from survival mode, I guess is the best way to put it, to thriving mode. And what can I do with these children now to make sure that they're okay and they're equipped and they have a good understanding of what happened and, and whatnot. So I very quickly put my older two children into therapy. My little one was still a baby. So thankfully she doesn't remember anything during this tumultuous time. Um, but my, my two older kiddos went to therapy for two years and were able to kind of gain some insight on drug abuse, addiction, and um, mental illness. And this is all age appropriate, of course. They were 13 and 10 at the time. Um, so I allowed that to happen. I, I scrimped and saved to make sure that I afforded the therapy in the first place. And um, it was a good choice. And I'm happy that I did it because they came out of it with, you know, a better understanding versus if I just tried to explain it myself. So um, there's that. Um, I will say like starting a new career during this time, um, it, it really helped me. It served me in so many different ways, not just financially, but it served as a great distraction from the reality of what my personal life was. And very few people knew what was going on at home and how tumultuous it really was and how scary it really got. Um, but I just, I set my sights on learning and being successful. And so I was able to kind of go to work and have a, a break from chaos in a way. But I, I chose to, to focus and to push that into something that was just, you know, an additional desire to grow and learn personally and professionally. And um, I am so appreciative of the fact that I had started this career during this time and, and the way that things worked out. I'm very thankful. Like it, it couldn't have been orchestrated any differently. Um, I think that things would be way worse if they had. I don't know. But I am thankful for the way things did happen. Um, it's not easy losing um, a spouse and having to go through a divorce like that. Um, but I will say that it, it really kind of set me off on a path that I'm so very thankful for. And this journey has been amazing. Um, I did have some really wonderful people in my life who were there through all of it. And I think me being able to lean into them, like I largely credit having the right people in my life during this time to be able to come out on their other side of it without giving into abandonment and letting this define me. And I was even able to work through changing the narrative of having a failed marriage to simply having a relationship experience. And so I don't want it to ever be a negative thing for me. So I just changed the narrative of what that meant and moved on in a way that um, this happened and it's okay. And it didn't, it didn't break me and it certainly doesn't define me. And I think that when we're able to go through these things in life and we have a different outlook on things, um, you know, it really does help to have that positivity to back you up. Or like preaching positivity. I'm just blown away by how you've taken these moments throughout your life and your perspective on them is nothing but 
good takeaways, uh, you know, uncomfortable time pushed you to be motivated to find something great. And I did, I, this is a mental note for myself, but you mentioned, you know, the new job for you was something that served you in a time that was really challenging. And I was kind of taken aback by that comment because I was anticipating maybe Jen, that you would say, you know, and the challenge of a new job on top of it was just entirely overwhelming, but your perspective was completely like shifting to be so positive about how that served you in a better way. Uh, so I just, I really appreciate that mindset shift and that challenge to like use that other side of my brain when overwhelmed mm -hmm. at times. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the largest takeaway too during this time was that I am my children's only example now. Like I have to get it together. <laughs> I don't want to be the one to be detrimental to them. That's already happened. So for me, it was literally just, my, I keep saying mindset, but truly there's no other way to look at it. It's, it's a choice. And I chose to make sure that I was positive in these situations because my children are watching me and every move I made and they were making sure that I was okay in their own little ways. And, you know, for that, I'm so grateful to them. Um, but I just wanted to show up for them and be the best version of their mom that I could be, even going through the chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Claire, any comments? Well, there was a, a comment made in the chat, and I just wanted to read it to you. Is I really, they say, I really admire your accomplishments and successes in the face of such adversity. You are a strong woman and a wonderful role model. So I really do think you are a superwoman, and I think it's incredible. Um, and then it was yeah. also a great, you sharing um, that, you know, you had all of this happening in your home life, but people really didn't know at work, right? And while you definitely took the positive approach and mindset, I do think it's a great reminder to, for everyone that, you know, you never know what people are going through at home and their personal life. And so always kind of trying to take that extra second to be thoughtful and mindful, um, as you interact with someone that like, Hey, they might be approaching something in some way, but they are dealing with so many other things at home. So I, I thought that was a great call out. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, of course. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about how you had some tremendous people throughout this journey that stuck through it with you, Jen. And I kind of want to um, align this to some of our initiatives. So for a recent generation female webinar that Women in Chemicals hosted, we had, um, the topic was foundations of mentorship. And one of the recommendations that we often hear is to build your own board of directors, be it personally, professionally, or a combination of the two, right? And, you know, I want to circle back to some of your commentary around how those supportive folks throughout these times in your life really carried you through. Um, so what do you think about when you build that board of directors or that support network of yours? Um, and has that changed since you entered the chemical industry? Right. So I, I think mentorship in and of itself is so valuable to growth. So we can learn so much from each other and it just really does help to have other people's perspective. My scope is limited to my own experiences. So opening myself up to having that vulnerability moment with, having a mentor or being a mentee, what have you, um, it's, it's really critical in being able to grow. And I think you are able to then see a different perspective on things that you may not have been able to just due to your limited scope, right? So when building my own board of directors, I do like to consider like a like-mindedness. 
Um, and I ask myself, like, what can I learn from this person? And can I be vulnerable with them? What is their role in my company? Um, is this professional or personal? Is this guidance or is this, you know, strictly criticism that I'm looking for? Um, so I think that when I have these people in my life, um, I look at how they deal with relationships themselves and where they're at in their life and what I can glean from them. Because I certainly love learning from other people um, so much. So I'm always, it's kind of like a selfish tendency. I'm like, what can I learn from you? Like, I'm so ready to just absorb that from you. Um, and also, what do you think about this situation? I love mentor and mentee relationships, whether I'm on either side of them. I think they're mutually beneficial. And even as a mentor, you do get to get something out of it. That's a really neat experience. And you find sometimes that it actually does make a huge difference in your own personal life. And so I will say, too, that it has changed since joining the chemical industry. I mean, we know that women make up a fraction of people in this industry. Um, so for me, I love the idea of having more women at the table with me who can share how they've been successful or even share, sharing challenges that they have faced. It just makes you know that you're not alone in this industry, in this situation, or what have you, that there are other people that have experienced these things. We're definitely not alone. I think this community and the ability to be able to share your stories in this platform it just speaks volumes to the fact that we are we are definitely not alone. So thank you for sharing that, Jen. Um, yeah. Another concept that we talked about and have hinted and you've alluded to it a lot today is how eager you are to learn and research and continue to educate. Uh, we love this concept, um, but we want to learn from you kind of what works for you when you are seeking out uh, these educational opportunities or these opportunities to learn more. So do you have any tools or skills that you really lean on um, that you've kind of put your own twist on and your own learning style? Um, what works for you and what's been the most helpful? Right. So I do like to observe others and kind of notice how they interact with people. Now, this is like in different types of relationships or what have you. But in a business setting, um, when you're on a sales call and uh, you're able to observe people doing their thing and they're successful with it, like you notice these different things that they're doing. So I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from others is basically listening with the intent to hear um, versus not listening just for the sake of responding, right? So um, you listen with the intent to hear and you pick up on something and there's a mental note there that you can circle back to, ask additional follow-up questions, and you're given like a whole different, you know, scenario that came out of just being able to ask a simple question because you heard what they were saying. Uh, so that's been huge. I think using that in sales calls is uh, definitely a very good skill and tactic. Um, it's, you know, it kind of shows a willingness to be present in the moment. And um, that's, that's impactful. People notice that, you know, um, I'll say emotional intelligence too, right? So in a business setting, we know, you know, how much vulnerability, how much vulnerability is good and how much is not, but there's a, there's a good level of it that, um, is, is okay. And we can be professional and still have vulnerability. And it just lends to a deeper connection. I really like that a lot. Um, 
My current position today is interacting internally and externally throughout the organization. And I just, I think the value that relationship building brings to a, mm -hmm. a business setting takes you leaps and bounds. I think that that's, and it depends, it's maybe more role specific, but I really appreciate this concept of being vulnerable and how it actually does strengthen these relationships and can take you farther. Um, vulnerability kind of synonymous with kind of discomfort for some. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you do, Jen, that helps take the discomfort out of it and lets you just embrace it? I think narrative therapy is huge, right? So talking about things that you already know are kind of uncomfortable or they're going to make you uncomfortable or they're going to spur an emotion out of you, you want to keep those emotions in check, right? So you're not just some blubbering idiot on your Zoom call for your women in chemicals interview, right? So narrative therapy helps, right? So you're talking about these situations ahead of time with others, whether they're a friend, a therapist, um, a coworker. Um, kind of running through the scenario ahead of time and getting a good grip on what it is that you're willing to be vulnerable about as well. Like how deep do you want to go and what does that look like to you? So the idea and the concept behind narrative therapy is to just make you more comfortable with it. And the more that you do this as well, it's easier to say. It's, it's not going to be something that's detrimental to you and, you know, take you back 10 steps it's easier to talk about. And then you also have that understanding that vulnerability um, or sharing a story or something that's been impactful in your life can actually affect other people in a good positive way, knowing that they're not alone in their situations they're currently going through. And there might be some relational aspect to your story that they relate to. And they're like, I, I know exactly what that feels like. And wow, I can, I can too overcome this. And I can, I can too have a positive mindset on things. That's so unique. I haven't heard this before, and I appreciate you sharing this new skill set that I want to kind of look into myself here. But narrative therapy to me, I think of, you know, jumping into a negotiation, you're not going to jump right into a negotiation without doing some prep work first, right? Or practicing these negotiations uh, with your colleagues before you jump on the phone with your key stakeholders, things like that. So uh, it could be, you know, in simpler ways, could be more elaborate in other scenarios too, but I think it's applicable in a lot of different scenarios. So that's great. Right. Claire, any right. comments? No, I, I, to your point, I think that's a great takeaway from this conversation is it makes it less scary, right? And, you know, a lot of the scariness comes from unknowns, kind of how you mentioned, mm -hmm. Jen, of like, how, what if I get too far deep or what if I go, like, don't want to go there? Like, so how am I going to pivot and, um, but still get what you're trying to get across, right? So I, I think vulnerability is needed for that to build trust. So, um, and I love your perspective of, hey, somebody might be benefiting from this, which is like the whole point of right women in, in of the week and women in chemicals. So thank you for being so vulnerable today. Right, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe just to hit that one home, I see another comment in the chat that says your story is similar to mine, Jen. So um, really- yeah, really great to create a space to share these vulnerabilities so other folks can relate to and, and feel not alone. So thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're coming to the end of my interview portion and we'll have some time to 
do some Q&A for those listening in live once the recording is done. But before we wrap up, Jen, I just want to create a space for you to share any closing comments uh, to those uh, in our community. So I'll let you do that now. Okay, well, um, I would just say one thing that I've learned um, is that I like to lead with compassion. You just don't know what people are going through. And it's so much easier right out the gate to just try to be as compassionate as possible um, without having judgment. You just don't know how they grew up, what situation they're currently in, you know, where their life path is taking them and what hardships and journeys they're on. Um, so I, I love that we can lead with compassion. I love having a positive attitude. And I think that it's something that has, you know, driven some success in my life because I haven't let things get me down to the point where I give up. And I think just perseverance and grit, it's just very valuable and how you use it to propel your life. Um, it's a great tool. I'll leave it right there, Jen. Thank you so much for these comments, for your vulnerability today, for sharing your story. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, and all that you're doing to share it with Women in Chemicals. So maybe I'll allow for the recording to stop and then we'll open up some space for those to ask any questions that are listening in.